Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, everybody. I hope that you're doing really well today. I am running a little late today. Can I just have a transparent moment with you? Uh, Last week was a little bit busy. I was in Houston over the weekend last weekend, and then that just kind of compounded everything um, onto last week. And then uh, the weekend was was kind of um, different, some of the things that we uh, had to do over the weekend. And so, I am coming to you literally on Monday, recording my video and then uploading it. And so I trust the Lord that we will get this done today. I have spent a lot of time in Genesis chapter 14 and I've been pretty challenged by it. Um, I was so challenged by Genesis 13. I don't know about you, but man, I could just sit in all of those key points and that transforming truth from last week and really soak into that. But what I love about God's story and how it unfolds is that it builds on each other. And so uh, Genesis chapter 14 is going to mean a lot to us because we walk through Genesis chapter 13. And remember where we left Abram and Lot in Genesis chapter 13. Lot had settled in the plains of the Jordan uh, close to Sodom, which represented the ways of this world and the compromise uh, that is so easy for all of us to make in the world. Uh, And that then Abram had gone to the trees of Mamre, uh, which represented the deep communion with God. And what we're going to be able to surmise uh, between Genesis chapter 13 and Genesis chapter 14 is that the places that Abram and Lot went really represented the paths that they took. And I just want us to settle into that truth for just a few minutes. The, the, the places that we go, the people that we're with, the things that we do, they do impact the path that we take. And so, We're going to find in Genesis chapter 14, two completely different situations uh, that that Abram and Lot find themselves in. And so whenever we think about that, it reminds me of something that I brought up at the end of last week. Uh, And I want to piggyback on it this week, which is the very fact that as we're living out our time here on this earth, we can view our life through the lens of God's ongoing work of redemption in our personal walks, uh, which for me, and, and, and if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this would be true for you as well, is that you are in the process of salvation, sanctification, and glorification. And man, does that simplify what our time on earth is all about. I want us to dig in there for just a minute, and then we're going to get straight to our passage of scripture. But salvation uh, represents coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And for uh, those of us that are in this group who have placed our faith in Jesus, we've moved from spiritual death to spiritual life. We are believers in Jesus Christ. We are uh, children of God. Uh, then we we have a spiritual journey that salvation becomes the starting point, not the ending point. It is the starting point for us, and it leads straight into sanctification, which is becoming more like Jesus and less like this world. And the sanctification part of our story or journey should propel us to the right places and the right people and the right focus and the right responses and the right reactions and the right interactions where God gets 
gets the glory and other people are encouraged in the process. And so a lot of times we don't talk about our sanctification story or our sanctification journey. Uh, we just kind of coast through that particular season of our time here on this earth. And, and that looks like us just getting busy and distracted and getting caught up in the ways of this world and just getting swept into maybe other people's battles, maybe other people's circumstances, and maybe even our own battles and circumstances that God never intended for us um, to experience. But because sin is real and because we tend to fall into you know, complacency and sinful patterns, we can get off track. And so what I love about pointing that truth out is that every day, just like today, offers an opportunity to reset and to experience the forgiveness of God and the mercy of God and the transformation of God. And so we too can experience victory even if we have experienced a temporary defeat. And so I hope that's encouraging to you. And as we live with our eyes focused on Jesus in the sanctification part of our journey, it prepares us for glorification when we will go home to heaven to be with God for all of eternity and we will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so the reason that I bring that up is because just like Abram is on a journey, we are on a journey. Uh, just like Lot was on a journey, we are on a journey. And, and as we talk about trusting God and as we talk about you know, Genesis chapter 14, which is going to have a lot of truths for us when it comes to preparation and focus. My overarching challenge for you is to think about where you are in your walk with God. Maybe you're in this group and you've never placed your faith in Jesus. You've been trying all the good things, you know, the good things. And you've been trying to rely upon yourself. Well, today is the opportunity for you to turn from trusting in yourself and to place your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins to experience salvation, which propels you forward into sanctification, which is that process of every day, just asking the Lord, how can I be conformed to your image? How can I look like you? How can I act like you? How can I respond like you? How can I, you know, um, navigate my battle or somebody else's battle in a way that is, 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 intentional and purposeful and helpful and ultimately resulting in your glory, God. And that's that's our daily opportunity, friends. I'm so pumped about sanctification for you and for me that every day we have an opportunity to become more like Jesus. And we don't have to do that in our own strength, but that God in his goodness and grace through the work of his spirit, through the application of his word is going to change us and transform us so that when the battles come, and they're going to come, that we will respond in obedience and faith. And then that will lead us to our eternal home, which is in glory. And you know, that won't be a scary thing. And that won't be um, an overwhelming thing, but it'll be a peaceful thing. And so I just think what an opportunity we have in the midst of our real life battles and our real life challenges to focus on preparation that will ultimately lead to the God-sized victory and the God-sized moment that he has for us. No matter what lands in our lap, whether that's because we landed it there or somebody else did. Lord, we love you. And we just focus on you in this moment and we ask you to teach us. We ask you to remind us and we ask you to take this truth from Genesis chapter 14 and to help it make sense to our 
everyday experiences, our everyday life, Lord, may we be prepared for the day of battle. May we be fo focused on what really matters in life. God, may we um, live, you know, in the midst of your protection and your provision. And as a result of that, may we experience the blessing that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of context of what's taking place coming out of Genesis 13 going into Genesis 14. Remember, we left um, Lot on the plains of the Jordan. We left Abram at the great trees of Mamre, and um, they lived out their lives in accordance to that. There becomes this experience or this battle that, that comes to um, the scene in Genesis chapter 14. And this is the first recorded war or battle that's in scripture. And so I think anytime you see a first in scripture, we want to pay close attention to it. But there is this battle among these kings of the different lands. And they're basically fighting over possessions and people and, and boundaries and land. I mean, some things just never change. And so you see all these power struggles pop up between these kings. You see all these different alliances and Lot because he had settled in the midst of this power struggle area. He gets captured by a king and he gets taken away. Not only him, but also his family and also his possessions. And so Abram is in the place of communion with God when a servant comes to him and tells him what has taken place. So as we look at Genesis chapter 14, we're going to focus on verses 13 through 24, and we're going to see four key points that lead us to our transforming truth. I'm going to jump back and forth between the Old Testament application and the New Testament application, and then I'm going to give you several resources at the end of our time together that you can dig into throughout this week. We're going to, we're going to talk about this all week long. We're going to dig deep into these truths because there's a lot for us in Genesis chapter 14 between verses 13 and 24. All of it has to do with are we prepared for the battles that are going to land in our lap, whether they're our battles or somebody else's battle. So let's pick up in Genesis chapter 14. Let me read verses 13 and 14, and then we're going to see our very first key point, starting in verse 13. One who had escaped, so this is one of the servants, came and reported this to Abram the Hebrew. Now Abram was living near, near the great trees of Mamre. And so whenever he came and he reported what took place, that's where Abram's location was. Verse 14, when Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household, and he went in pursuit as far as Dan. And so we see that while Abram was at the great trees of Mamre, he had been preparing for the day of battle, and he had been doing it in two ways. One is he had been building alliances with people in his region or in his territory that he could trust. And so he had created a community of people who were with him and who were for him. So that was the first thing that he did. The second thing that he did is that he trained his men for the day of battle. So as he was at the, you know, trees of Mamre, he wasn't just kicked back, you know, taking life easy. No, he was focused 
on the call or the promise that God had placed in his life that God was going to raise him up to be a great nation through which the Messiah would come. So what is our first key point whenever it comes to being battle ready, whether that's our battle or somebody else's battle? Here's the first key point. Preparation precedes blessing. Abram is going to be blessed incredibly in Genesis chapter 14, but the the, the reason that he's going to experience that blessing is because preparation had been worked out on the daily in his life. And it had been worked out on the daily through the people that were around him and through the things that he did with the men who were under him. So the New Testament application for us is the importance of having a community of people around us who love us, who are with us, who are for us, who are willing to challenge us, who will ask us the tough questions, who will redirect us whenever we, you know, maybe take a misstep. And then for us to not only train ourselves, but encourage others to be trained up for that day of battle, for that day of evil. And um, we see this call in Ephesians chapter six, uh, where we're told to put on the full armor of God because the day of evil, it is coming. Some of us are in it right now. We are overwhelmed by spiritual attack. We are overwhelmed by the circumstances going on in our life. And if that's the case for you, friends, just know that sometimes it is in the battle where God does his best preparation. So dig deep into faith. Dig deep into, you know, what God has for you. Dig deep into the full armor of God. And you put on every single piece of it from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet so that you go into your battle fortified preparation always precedes the blessing. So that's our very first key point. The second key point that we're going to see is that preparation leads to protection. I want to pick up in verse 15 and let's see what happens in this moment, both for Abram and for Lot. Verse 15, during the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hoboth, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and all his possessions together with the women and all the people. So we see that God grant granted victory in this moment, uh, that Abram went in the preparation of the Lord and that God moved in a mighty way. God gave Abram discernment and wisdom. He, he helped him know how to um, divide the men and to rout the, the opponents and to get Lot and the possessions back. So that's the first protection that we see in this passage. But there's a second protection that we're going to see immediately after Abram gets back from this rout. And this victory, the king of Sodom shows up and he tempts Abram. Look at verse 17. After Abram returned from defeating this king and everybody who was aligned with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet Abram in the valley. And so we're going to see, and, and we're going to have, have to pick this story up in a couple of verses um, later, but we're going to see that what the king of Sodom does in this moment is he tries to enter into a treaty or into a relationship with Abram. And this becomes a possible 
um, compromise that Abram could have fallen for. It's so easy after we experience some victory for us to kind of get full of ourselves and to think we've got this and that it's okay to, to maybe have a little bit of compromise in our life. But because Abram had gone through that preparation process, God was protecting him in every single sense of the way. He was making sure that Abram was fortified in faith and truth so that he could meet that temptation that the king of Sodom was going to put in front of him and that Abram would respond in biblical truth and biblical faith. And so here's how God protected him. And we're going to see this in our third key point. Preparation results in a clear focus. So we have this encounter going on with Abram and the king of Sodom. Immediately, another king is going to come onto the scene. And this king is the king of the Most High. So listen in verse 18 and following to, to what's happening. Then Melchizedek, which that, that, that may ring a bell for some of us. Uh, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Okay, so we see that the king of Salem, who kind of there's two thoughts when it comes to who this might be. Some believe this is a pre-incarnate um, picture of Jesus uh, in scripture where Jesus shows up in the Old Testament uh, on, on earth and that he has an encounter with Abram and it's called a theophany. So some people believe that this was Jesus himself. Other people believe that this was a king who represented Jesus. And so there's a lot of different pros and cons for, for different schools of thought there. But what we do know is that this represents God's way. And whenever we go through the preparation process and we have a clear focus in mind, salvation, sanctification, glorification, then we will have God's way in front of us. And what does God's way look like, both in this Old Testament encounter and for us? It looks like the two things that the king of Salem brought out, the bread and the wine. This is so beautiful. This is an early picture of the Lord's Supper. And what does focus look like for us? What does the clear focus look like for us in the midst of our battles? It looks like Jesus's body broken and poured out on our behalf. It looks like the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, which offers us ultimate victory from every single battle that we face. So let's talk about that for just a few minutes. Whenever we take the Lord's Supper, we're encouraged to remember what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross, that his body was broken for us, that he took on the sins of the world, that he became our substitute on the cross, that he poured out, that he shed his blood, um, that he satisfied God's wrath through the um, shedding of his blood, and that that has ultimately brought us victory that will lead to glorification, which is when we go home to be with God in heaven 
forever. And so in the midst of your battle, we have to have that clear focus. Where am I when it comes to salvation, sanctification, glorification? You know, if I'm not a believer in Jesus Christ, is this showing me my need for a savior? If I am a believer in Jesus Christ, how is this helping me to grow in my love relationship with Jesus as I recognize that I can't do this on my own? Or let's say that maybe it's a health-related battle and um, many of us have faced this and many of our family members have faced this and this health-related battle is going to lead us ultimately to our home with God in glory forever. All of that becomes a picture of God's beautiful work of having a clear focus in the midst of the battle on what really matters and what really counts for all of life and all of eternity. And so we see that preparation, it results in a clear focus. So Abram had that encounter with Melchizedek. Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out the 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 wine and the bread, they broke bread together. They worshiped God together. And because they had that encounter, then Abram gave to Melchizedek a tenth of all of his possessions. And this is where we see the tithe entered into scripture, introduced into scripture. There was something so poignant about this moment for Abram that he wanted to give sacrificially back to Melchizedek. And he gave with um, sacrificially and without holding back. This was not just, you know, kind of one of those gifts that you'd give to check something off your list. This was him worshiping God in that moment. So we see that uh, in the end of verse 20, then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Now, what I want to focus on in, in the, the couple of minutes that we have on this point is the blessing that Melchizedek gave to Abram in Genesis chapter 14. Listen to what Melchizedek said over Abram's life. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who delivered your enemies into your hands. The message was so clear. It was so focused that Abram did not deliver himself. Uh, it wasn't Abram's trained men or his alliances that ultimately delivered him. While God did work through the alliances and he did work through the trained men, it was God who provided the victory. And it is God who will oversee every aspect of Abram's life. And that, that's an important reminder for us in the midst of our battles. It is God who gives you the victory and it is God who oversees you in the midst of your battle. So Abram worshiped in response to that. And as he worshiped, he gave him a tenth of everything and he communicated two points. Number one, everything that I have is God is God's. And so I'm going to give lavishly and I'm going to give sacrificially. And as I give lavishly and sacrificially, number two, Abram was placing his dependence upon God to be that continuing provider and um, protector uh, in his journey here on this earth. I love that. I love that we can come to a place of, of, of placing all of our faith, all of our trust in God to the point where we say, Lord, we're not going to hold back from you. We're going to be all in when it comes to you because you are all in when it comes to us. And so preparation it preceded the blessing. Preparation led to protection and preparation resulted in a very clear focus. Okay, now let's go on and let's see what happens with the king of Sodom. And we're gonna see this in our first fourth point, 
preparation builds our resolve to live for God. So the king of Sodom comes back in in verse 21. The king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the people and you keep the goods for yourself. So basically he's like, let's, let's have a deal. Let's make a deal. Let's enter into a relationship together and you have some stuff and I have some stuff. You win and I win. But because Abram had gone through that preparation process, because he had had that encounter with God, because he had a focus that had been driven by a deep communion with God there at the trees of the great Mamre, he was pre prepared for this moment and he was not going to compromise. He was not going to settle for less than God's best. He was going to come out of this moment with God's victory on his heart, on his mind, and as applied throughout every aspect of his life. Verse 22, but Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a throng of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me. So Abram had a strong resolve here. He had a resolve to live for God. He had a resolve to live God's ways and not the world's ways. And because he had that strong resolve in his life, he was positioning his testimony to last long, long after he was gone from this earth. Abram trusted God. And because Abram trusted God, his life and his legacy were built on God, to God, with God, for God, and through God. I wonder if we can have that same sensitivity when it comes to our battles, to never compromise, to always have a clear focus, to do our preparation, to do our hard work uh, whenever it comes to you know, focusing on God and then trusting him with the outcome. Here's our transforming truth. Focusing on God leads to God-sized moments. My friends, where is your focus? Are you in the battle? What does victory look like for you? Does it look like salvation, sanctification, glorification, or does it look like a temporary fix that can easily happen when we compromise to the ways of this world? I have an application for you that I want to leave with you. And again, this conversation is going to go throughout the week because this passage of scripture, it's so deep and there's so much here. But remember our first point, our first key point, how preparation precedes the blessing. We've got to take that seriously. And we've got to know that our preparation is completely connected to our time in the Word of God. It is completely connected to the people who are speaking truth into our life. And it is completely connected to our resolve to live for the things of God. And, and that really leads us to how we're going to um, navigate spiritual battles and spiritual warfare. There is a war going on around us. Sometimes it's our battle. Sometimes it's somebody else's battle that lands in our lap. And are we going to have uh, our spiritual 
armor in place? Are we going to have the belt of truth? Are we going to have the breastplate of righteousness? Are we going to have the gospel shoes? Are we going to have the shield of faith? Are we going to have the, the helmet of salvation? Are we going to have the sword of the spirit? And are we going to pray in all occasions so that our preparation leads to the blessing, so that our preparation leads to the protection, and so that our preparation results in a clear focus, and so that our preparation builds a strong resolve to live for God. I hope that your answer is yes to that because we're all going to have our Genesis chapter 14 moments in our life. We're gonna encounter a battle. Our people are gonna encounter a battle. We're gonna to have to step into messy situations where there's power struggle, where there's confusion, where there's um, you know divided alliances. And we're gonna to have to walk through that with our eyes clearly focused on God. And when we do, we're gonna have a God-sized moment. And our God-sized God moment, it will be so similar to Abram's God, to his God-sized moment, where we will be able to know that our victory came from God. It didn't come from us, and it didn't come from the people or the things or the circumstances around us. It came from God, and it is for God. And we're going to walk in obedience and truth in our battles and in the battles of the people around us so that our result is salvation, sanctification, glorification. And not only that, the people around us, their result because of how we've interacted with God will be salvation, sanctification, and glorification. All right, so that's a lot. So I want you to stay connected this week. Read through Genesis chapter 14. Write the four key points in your journal. Talk about how that those four key points and that one transforming truth can really help you in the middle of your battles and the battles of the people around you. Listen to these three podcasts that I'm listing for you at the end of your homework that are all on the armor of God. I did these a year ago for a, a, my radio program. It's so poignant. It's so pertinent to this conversation. And then stay connected here in the Girl on the Go community throughout the week. And we're going to talk about each key point and we're going to get to our application together. All right. We did it. Praise God. He did it. We made it in 30 minutes and I've got to jump off because I've got a two o'clock conference call and I'm getting notifications for that right now. So I love you. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.